Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon. And I'm Glenn. And we are the Minds on Muscle podcast presented by Fitness Pro Mentors. And by the way, there we are. We got this new light and it looks like the sun. Look at this. Ah, ah. Anyway, welcome to the Fitness Pro Mentor Podcast. We are the Minds on Muscle Show, and today we are talking about marketing myths. And this is a really powerful one. There are so many things. I have talked to so many different fitness professionals, and it seems that marketing is confusing. It's a bit thick. It's hard to understand. And some people just don't like it because they think it's kind of nasty, gross, and has very specific parameters around it. Today, we're going to be talking about how marketing is not so gross, and we've got some very distinct myths that we are going to bust. Which is your favorite myth, Brandon, that we're going to be busting today? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I think the first one, honestly, I mean, the second one is marketing is easy and can be done by anyone. I mm. think that that's a relatively straightforward one. Yeah. Um, everyone, listen, if you're checking this out live, we're interviewing, I'm interviewing Mr. Mark Magna this Friday, which is a fitness superstar, someone who's played in the NFL, CFL, high-level professional. Um, I'm honestly super honored for the opportunity to connect with him. He is someone that has taken his professional sports career and done an incredible job of building a brand and a team, but developing a culture. Thank you to Curse Clay. So really, really excited about that uh, but let's jump in today glenn how you doing man i'm good i'm very happy i like doing the podcast this is my first official meeting of the day so got to have a little bit of a rest hang out with the dog do some of my own marketing stuff we just released our knee guidance strat actually releasing it later today uh maybe we talk about that a little bit more in the marketing segment but i'm doing well brandon what about you what's going on in your world oh you know same old just not sleeping because of babies mm. and the same old stuff but uh i'm excited i like talking about marketing I like I th- to talk about marketing. I would love to talk about the one that's your favorite then, the first one. Can we please get into market is easy and can be done by everyone? Because I feel like this is this is an edgy one. Yeah, so everyone, I mean, I had a, had a lot of people be like, oh, I can do that. Marketing is easy. I know what to do. It's very simple. can be done by anyone. And in reality, that's absolutely true, that you can learn the skills, you can learn everything to market yourself appropriately. But in reality, it is exactly the same as if we talk about sales and any other skill in your world. Marketing has very specific parameters and or rules around it in which what you're trying to do is be seen by your target audience. You have to make sure that your sales copy, the visuals you use, the photos you use truly engages people. And you know, here's a perfect example because I feel like that we say that a lot and those are just starting to become sound bites on this podcast, right? Marketing is simple and can be done by everyone. What we talk about, talked about last week, the five pillars of personal training, one of which being creativity, which I think is a lot of fun. If you take this idea of creativity, you can see that a lot of people online are trying to market their business by taking pictures of their clients and showcasing them as social proof, which is absolutely powerful. But if we take this idea of that marketing is simple, all I need to do is take pictures of my clients and I'll get more people, that won't necessarily work. There is an art form and a bit of a learned skill to everything that has to do with social proof of posting a picture of a client. For example, two very simple things. One, if I take a picture of a Glenn, take a picture of a Glenn, of a Glenn, of a client exercising, and he's on the gym floor doing something. There's the rule of thirds in photography. So we want to make sure that if we're taking a picture of someone, that the subject captures at least a third of the frame, if not more, to make sure that the focal point is very clear as to who we're focusing on. Second, the eyes and the face truly tell the entire story. So I can take, even if Glenn is in incredible shape, I can take a picture of him with his shirt off, with his arms out, with his weight loss goal, whatever it is, and have the head down, but it'll be far less impactful if I can get a picture of his face and who he is. I mean, look at this beautiful mug. It's really those eyes that tell the true story. So we already now know with a little bit of photography skills, we take a nice picture of the individual, capture the subject with some nice framing, 
and their eyes and their mouth and their face telling a very compelling story as to how they're feeling, right? The story of what's going on with that photo. And then when you post that photo, the sales copy is absolutely critical. There's so many different types of posts that you can do. You can do a question and answer post, a winner loser style post. You could even just do a social proof style post where you tell the story of the individual. All of that is super different than just posting an iPhone picture of a side profile of a client. So it's simple, but not easy. No, it's not, uh, it's not easy. And I think that's where this kind of myth comes into play, right? Is that marketing can be done by anyone. Everyone is marketing themselves all the time. And as Brandon said just a moment ago, sounds like something that could be a little jargony because we do say that all the time. Marketing is in itself its own skill set. And if you are going to be marketing your business, the best person to be doing that is going to be you. I know plenty of fitness professionals, and I can think of one in particular who actually employs people um, out of a local college program to do his marketing for him. And it seems like a good idea because why would I not just delegate this task out to somebody else? Um, that way I can free myself to do all the technical stuff. It makes logical sense. But here's the kicker is every time you hire somebody new to do the marketing for you, you have to go through this steep, steep learning curve of teaching them and telling them exactly how you want your post to come off, how you want to present yourself, how you want to sound, the kind of people that you're going to be working with, all these different kind of things. And this guy who I know gets these people every six months, and there's a turnaround here, every six months his Instagram page and his Facebook page start looking totally different because everyone's got their own flavor, everyone's got their own style. Communication is weird because even when we're talking to you, we have to think about how do we want our message to land with you? What's the best way to communicate that to you so you get it, the widest audience gets it, and then how are you going to make sense of it? And then you've got your own interpretation that you have to do based on what we say going places right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. At the end of the day, yeah, everyone can market. And the message I'm trying to deliver to you right now is the best person that's going to be able to speak to your business is going to be you. And that's one of the reasons why we're so big on this 80-20 set of skills, which are what are the 20% of marketing skills that are going to get you 80% bang for your buck, knowing how to do some basic photography, basic lighting, basic technical work, basic copywriting are all really important skills and helping you increase your marketing abilities and start reaching more of the right people that are going to be ready to buy your services and that you can help with your business. And eventually learning those skills to the point where you master them so you can figure out the exact creative nuances you want for your specific business, but at the same time hits your target audience. I mean, perfect example right now, the vibe that Glenn and I are sitting in this kind of interview, talking head style form with the colors, the lighting, this has been specifically built over time, consistently invested into our look, our brand and our flavor, because we do believe a big part of what we're trying to convey to you is that 20% of professionalism and how that really does turn into 80% of our business and then supporting you. But Glenn, there's something that's on my mind. Okay. Small businesses need it, need to worry about marketing. I feel like it's the exact opposite. It's a waste of time. I feel like small businesses ought to be worrying and be very concerned about marketing. But I don't want to worry about that as a small business. Oh, well, then I, I don't know what to tell you. and Enjoy treading water for years and years and years and years, which is really how I feel about it because that's what I did. And I think that might have been something that you went through for a little bit of time as well. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how big your business is. If you want to scale, whether it looks like bringing more clients in or bringing your trainer in underneath you or opening your own facility, you have to be able to market. You have to be able to reach more people. 
it's, it's critical. Even if you're a solopreneur, um, so to speak, you do need to make sure that you're getting a message out there because what ends up happening inevitably, if you have a high LTV of clients built with you for a long time, uh, people move, people pass away. Uh, people have financial situations that change. People get divorced. Values and preferences change. And then all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself one day that you're going to have that client that was with you for six years, 10 years, and they're not going to be with you anymore. And I know that Glenn and I both went through this, that we had established long-term relationships. And there was this big routine change thing that happened in 2020. And people stopped coming in after years because their routines change and their priorities change. So as a small business, marketing and advertising yourself strategically is a vital part. In my opinion, many big, many big businesses don't need to market themselves nearly as hard as you do. And I had this kind of funny thing. Um, we had um, my uh, son turned two on the weekend and my wife bought some snacks and bought some junk food. We don't keep junk food in the house very often, but she bought some Pringles because she knows that one of my family members likes Pringles. And I don't know if you know this, right? If you think of Pringles, what kind of, what kind of food is a Pringle? A potato chip cracker, I guess. Right. So it's a potato chip, they say, but it's not a potato chip. It is so far removed from a potato chip that no one, they can't even put potato chip on the box anymore because they've changed the composite of it. It's not made a full potato anymore. It is completely different. What's funny about that though is Pringles does not have to market really anymore. They don't have to do anything because the notoriety of that brand, that product, that thing has gotten to a point that it has wheels of its own that the consumer believes it is specifically something. And even if they realize it is not a potato chip, they go, wow, this still tastes great. I get a great experience from it and they continue to purchase it. They don't really need to market Pringles anymore. You do, however, there's a lot of value for you marketing. There's a lot of value for you being seen by more people. And like Glenn said, Scaling, growing, and then hiring more people and even open a second um, location or buying another location and rebranding it becomes so much easier. And heck, even if something bad happens like a pandemic, you've got enough of an infrastructure that you can get more people and you can keep growing like we're doing here. And even big businesses who are well off and well established still spend a lot of time in their money marketing. And you might not be a big business, but if you're going to grow your business and open your own facility, you will still need to spend some time and probably a little bit of dough doing some marketing, at least up front. Uh, my, uh, my girlfriend and I, we love this show. It's called The Foods That Made America. I think they've gone through two seasons. And essentially what they do, it's, it's so much, it's a blast. It's on the History Channel. Highly recommend it. It's a great show. They essentially uh, spend uh, 40 minutes, which would be like an hour with commercials, talking about foods that made America. And it's often like a story or a war between multiple different brands. And they talk about this role between Pepsi and Coca-Cola. It's, it's a fascinating episode. Highly recommend if you can find it, take a look because they go back and forth trying to outdo each other with their marketing efforts, either recreating their product or hiring in uh, professionals um, to market for them. One of the most brilliant things that Pepsi ever did, they're actually one of the first um, food companies credited for bringing on a PR, um, someone to be their spokesperson, like the first drink company to bring on a spokesperson. And they hired, and if you remember this, in the 80s, Michael Jackson. So they splashed out something like $30, $50 million from Michael Jackson to do like one or two commercials and then one appearance. Not even a huge thing, but because of these huge commercials that they put out there, these appearances by Michael Jackson, um, their products went up hundreds of millions of dollars the next year and Coca-Cola lost out because people were starting to switch to Pepsi because of this amazing marketing. So they put in 30, 40, 50 million dollars to make this happen, but the ROI was hundreds of millions of dollars in return afterwards, right? So it's not just about 
not spending money, whether you're a big business or a small business, but being strategic about how you're going to go about doing your marketing. And that's why a lot of times marketing doesn't work, even for smaller businesses, because they're just not strategic or they do what you said, which is they post a photograph, they don't think about it too much, and they set it and forget it. And they're like, well, marketing doesn't work. Well, it's yeah, because you're not doing it right. I don't know if you've heard this, and if you have, please pardon me, but the you know quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? So popular burger, popular, I think it was 80s, 90s when they were introduced it. And I don't know if you heard the but Burger King released the third pounder, right? Mm. So they released a hamburger that had more meat per burger. I can't remember what they called, I think I want to say the third pounder or whatever it was. And that burger, same price, more meat, failed. Yeah. Because the quarter pounder with cheese was just such an established brand and name, and the McDonald's had done such an incredible job of marketing it that the third pounder, better value in every way, failed. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It, the the quarter pounder cheese even sounds better as a name <laughs> than the. We say third pounder. That sounds weird. That just doesn't make sense. It sounds it, like somebody on the bench that's the third option to get on the ice. <laughs> but but it, but I wonder what would happen if they had a better name for it. Like if they had if they had a better name than a third pounder. Like uh, the uh, the King Burger Supreme with double cheese. That sounds better to me than King a third Burger Supreme. I think that's a good name. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's I'm called Burger a, King. I'm not a burger aficionado. Maybe they'll hire us. Strata Marketing for Burgers. Who knows? Burgers. So on that note, though, uh, there's another funny myth that I think is a kind of great segue. And every time I've talked to any trainer about marketing, the thing they constantly say is, "Well, well marketing is just to get more clients." Oh boy, is it though? Right. Is this is a big thing. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm busy. I don't need to market. I don't need to. The thing about marketing, and this is our big values in the mentorship, is there's a lot of things. Glenn mentioned Michael Jackson and Pepsi, right? This entire expert status thing, which is huge. So much value there. But when we're talking about marketing, it really comes down to education. It comes down to showing consumers who they will be after their product, after they engage in your service, who they will become and or who they might not become if they don't engage in your service. Now, that sounds a little bit weird, but it's a very powerful um, schism that we need to kind of look and how, see how we can marry because, as you know, your exercise services can really change lives. And if you're working with a weight loss demographic, there's a component of resistance training that has incredible results helping people with metabolic adaptations to lose body fat. If you have a client who's struggling with pain or is older or wants to add more muscle to their body, exercise is an incredibly powerful vehicle. If they're seeking you out, they have a reason that they're reaching out to you. Now, the thing is that what most of us do is we focus just on referrals, right? They say, um, I'm, you do a great job with a client. That client is told, tells one of their friends about you. That friend calls you and says, hey, Glenn, I heard you're fantastic. Well, what if we can create an incredible layer of educational content that is free, that starts to solve some of these prospects' problems right up front, and then giving them some immediate value? That education really goes a long way because you start actually helping people without them spending any money on you, but they're investing something more important than their money and it's their time in your world. And if you can start building a relationship with people who aren't even spending money on you, now you have an opportunity for a higher conversion to paying customers and or they'll tell more people about what you do. Marketing is not just about getting busier, although it does lead to that. It really comes down to educating people and building a solid brand. And as our friend Curtis Clay would say, and we're going to talk to Mark about this Friday, culture.
I think it's also a great way to keep the clients who you're working with in your world by creating more great content. Uh, you know, we have our, our Strata Facebook page, and it's a small community. We're not trying to be for everybody in the entire world. It is really a New Market Aurora, a York region-based exercise page to help people um, move and exercise pain-free. And we don't have thousands of people in there, but the people that we do have in there are interested in what it is that we do. And the people that comment the most and engage the most in our posts tend to be the ones that later on become clients. The clients that I have right now that are in my schedule frequently still comment on the content. They bring it up to me all the time. I have one, two, three, three people who uh, end up coming to work with me as my clients here at Strata over the past couple months that are from that Facebook page. And they all really appreciate the content and they like learning more and seeing our faces more and the people of Strata's faces more are other professionals because um, they already enjoy us and they know what we're talking about makes sense. They appreciate the education and helps them stick around in our schedules. And it's, it's great for us to make money, don't get me wrong, but it's also great for them because instead of us spending time during the sessions to educate them, we can spend those 10 minutes doing exercise to help them and be like, hey, those questions you asked, I got a five minute video I produced last week. Let me tag you in it on our Facebook page. And I do that all the time and it's fantastic. Seth Godin's book, Tribes, is one of my favorite books. Um, it is by far one of the like softest, most organic marketing strategies possible. You don't need a gigantic following to be an influencer to grow your business. It can help. But what you do need is a solid, small group of committed followers. We don't speak to everyone. We speak to someone. And if you can speak to someone compellingly enough, consistently enough, and connect with their needs and values and their preferences, you can make an amazing change, which is really, really cool. I love it. Absolutely, Brandon. Which of these uh, ones do we want to tackle next here? Ooh, you know, it's a great one. Marketing should deliver fast results. Burgers deliver fast results. They, they do, but we don't sell burgers. We sell exercise. So one of the most powerful things we talk about in the mentorship program is championship videos, champion videos, and how our clients really, in my opinion, tell the most compelling story. And so... Admittedly, we have not recorded many champion videos since the beginning of COVID because I want to try to maintain a very specific standard. I don't want to have masks in the video too much. So I'm holding off on them just for right now with how Ontario is. But the champion videos that we've got, we've got about 12 of them. I think there's eight on our front page and there's even more in our website and on our YouTube channel between NHL players with injuries who are struggling, grandparents who had injuries are now stronger and moving better, busy moms and entrepreneurs who are trying to stay strong and healthy so they can keep doing what they love. Those videos today are still working for us. They're still marketing and still helping bring people into our world. You can do fast marketing tactics. If you want to talk about some, I got a bunch of ideas to help you move faster and get more clients in your world. But it is the building up of the inertia of the machine of your business, your brand, your flavor, the client-centric marketing that you do with clear social proof and sales copy that aligns with your market. That's really going to be the most powerful thing. Rome wasn't built in a day. And the more you can build up and add one small thing at a time, the more you can have more people seeing how amazing you are. And in my opinion, um, you being someone that sticks around for a long time with the same messaging, people see you. We've had people call us. They're like, hey, I've been watching you guys for the last few years. You obviously do some amazing stuff helping people who are struggling. We'd love to come see you guys. And it's because we are consistent with our messaging. You can get fast results with marketing, but it really comes down to the longevity. I think... Then the way I think about it is 
I think about it as a comparison to the long-term adaptations that people get from exercising and training. At the end of the day, people who exercise consistently for months on end end up keeping their adaptations they make for a lot longer. And that's part of the learning process of the body. That's part of the modeling and remodeling of the actual tissues that are in our body. And marketing is really no different. People that follow you for a longer amount of time, when they decide to buy, they're in. And they're going to stick around for a lot longer. Their lifetime value is infinitely higher. We actually had someone walk in the other day just from Googling us. I had no idea they were going to come in here. And I sat down with her for 20 minutes and talked to her a little bit. And she's like, you know what? I wasn't going to, but I want to get a consultation. She came in. We did the consultation. We booked uh, an assessment together. She called me yesterday and she said, Glenn, remember that trainer I told you about that I was over the moon about that I loved? Well, it turns out she actually moved back to uh, Aurora and now instead of her being 40 minutes away, she's 10 minutes away and I I've decided to work with her. You can keep the money I gave you for the assessment. Thanks for your time, but I'm not going to come in. Now, part of me was a little heartbroken because I was really looking forward to helping and working with this person. The other part of me was like, you know what? She's going back to work with someone who she's already got a great relationship with, already helped her once the first time and is probably knows a lot better, can already help her right now. So this kind of shows two things here. One, she didn't have a lot of exposure to us at Strata. And so um, us being on her mind wasn't something that was consistent. wasn't something that she'd been looking at a long time. This was like the very short exposure to us. However, she worked with this other trainer for years before. And distance was keeping them apart. But now that distance wasn't a problem, she had the same thought that the clients have that work with us, which is I've had a great experience with this person. I've been following them for a while. I already know they do great work. Why not go work with them, right? And so this is where creating some of this content and thinking about this marketing from the long haul is so important is yeah, you, we can teach you some stuff to communicate and improve your communication better, to start tailoring your marketing better, to how to reach out to people and convert some cold leads to warmer leads. Like you can get some clients fast with marketing, but the real gems and beauty of it in my mind is going to be how we can make clients come in and want to stay with us for the long haul because if all you need really 10 or 12 clients that want to be with you forever right now and you're good and you keep as brendan said your marketing message consistent you have a waiting list god forbid one of those clients leaves you or something happens to them you've got someone else that wants to work with you right away it's really about the long game and you really have to think about marketing like that now quality products will sell themselves. They won't. You know what's funny? So <laughs> I kind of agree with this one, but at the same time, I don't. And the reason why, and I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with this, is that there are some trainers that really don't actively participate in any marketing activities. Don't actively. Okay. But they still get lots of clients. In fact, one, I would say the head trainer here, Chris, who works here at Strata, uh, does not market himself at all. He's not present on social media at all, except for some Buffalo Bill stuff that he absolutely loves. He doesn't advertise himself at all, and he has a consistent 25 to 35 client hours a week. And for him, he's been able to build his practice to a very specific point, and the point that he's at, he has a lot of comfort, a lot of success, helps a lot of people, and he's happy. He's got amount, the amount of money that he wants. He's got people that are happy with him. A lot of his clients have been with him for at least four years, if not longer, some of which have been with him for sure for 10. And he's done incredibly well. However, and he would tell you this, and he's fine with this, there's a ceiling to that. Because over time, as you start learning more and you start being able to help more diverse, more sensitive demographics, more niche markets, your rates start going up. People start changing. 
the relationships start to change over time. And so over time, you'll start having people that will disappear. And this is something that Chris has had happen over time where he's had people that have dropped. He was actually at 45 hours a week and he's been very lucky to have his hours drop down. Yeah, he was, he's working from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's to nuts. Get his, yeah, he was a, he's That's a beast. too much. He's a beast, workhorse. So I can see how this comes up because there are some people who do just such a great job that they end up getting clients. But I said at the very beginning, people who don't actively market themselves. And this is what's really interesting about trainers and humans. This thing has a personality. It has looks, it has a face, it has a brand. Even if you're unaware of it, the human element of us as a trainer is a brand. Which when, as soon as we have a brand, we start accidentally marketing ourselves. We accidentally start advertising ourselves, right? Glenn having his hair nice and clean and organized versus having spiky hair versus having a big flowing mullet that's dirty and smells bad. All of which, regardless of how great his technical ability is, starts to create a brand and an image that people remember. This then turns into the referral stuff that we talked about and advertising. And so word of mouth is a huge part of advertising and getting more people in your world, which is fantastic. So I do believe that sometimes great products can sell themselves like Pringles, but there's still the brand recognition. There still is that work that goes into it. So it's not just all that. You got to put some work in. You got to do some stuff to actually create some constraints around this thing. I guess it depends on how you look at marketing. Because when I look at Chris, I mean, Chris is such a great communicator and he has been in the game so long that he, whether it's active or not, he is marketing himself, right? I mean, it's all, I mean, it's all marketing. This is marketing. This everything, like I'm going to be redundant if I keep repeating. It's all marketing, right? Everything's marketing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I got nothing, I got nothing else to add, Brad. I got nothing else to bad Brad. <laughs> We're getting the weeds there. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, that's the whole idea is that everything you do, I mean, this is where how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it, it's just a mantra that I learned from a client of mine. And I got to say that it really holds true to me because of the quality of what you do, how hard you work, the, how you study, um, how you approach creating daily routines. Um, in my opinion, even what you do with your off time, just kind of like consciously or subconsciously, all that starts to create who you are. And I think this is really cool to kind of think about this way. So um, honestly, yeah, great products can sell themselves and that's a great place to be. But as you want to grow and scale, if you want to try to reach a very new level, high level, you got to put some time in. You got to put some energy in. You got to make sure that people know about who you are and where you're positioned in the market. Yeah. I mean, this and this kind of ties into another one of the other other myths and um, is that marketing is a full-time job. And in some brands and some businesses, this is true. Marketing is absolutely a full-time job. But as the solopreneur, as Brandon said before, you had to wear a ton of different hats. I mean, we've talked about those five pillars of personal training in our last episode. There's a lot of different hats. You have to wear a lot of different things you have to learn. And marketing, when you first learn it, will seem like a full-time job. It will definitely feel like that. And it felt like that for me. I know for a lot of students that are going through the Fitness Pro Mentors Mentorship right now, it feels like a lot of work. This because it is, because there's a lot to learn. There is so much to learn. However, once you get the tools down pat and you understand it right we talk about this thing called money later skills we have to learn how to build the skills first and build them well before you can really start um to to utilize them well but once you learn the skills and once you've put the time in to learn them you can start creating the systems that you need to automize automize oh my goodness autonomize autonomize jeez it's like i've never said that word before we say it all the time autonomize the product the service <laughs> the process i'm getting there i'm getting there but I'll dial it back here. Marketing doesn't have to be a full-time job to begin with, but 
you have to put some time in upfront in order to learn those skills. And once you have them, you get the systems in place. It doesn't have to be an hours a day thing. It could be an hour a day that you work on your lead gen and your marketing, which is, you know, what I do right now. Actually, that's not true. I, I set aside at least an hour a day to do it. And I know that's my bare minimum to grow my business. But because I had started here uh, full time and we just came out of lockdown like two months ago, I've got a couple extra hours. So I do still set aside the 40 hour work week. And while I might be working with between FPM and my personal training clients, 15 or 20 hours a week, that still leaves me with at least a good 20 other hours to do other stuff. And so I'm spending some time learning some more of that money later stuff, but I am spending an extra hour a day trying to grow my business because I have that in there. If I was working with 25 to 30 hours of clients a week, which is what the plan is, I would then dial my marketing down to an hour a day, Monday to Friday, because I'm where I want to be. I can continue refining my marketing strategies, continue helping other trainers here at Strata get busy and grow because I've got the systems in place. I understand the skills and I'm where I want to be. I don't know if you mind me saying this, but I want to kind of like do... A Glenn shout out concurrently okay. with a marketing system shout out. So with the whole COVID thing, yeah, Glenn and several other people here um, had a big client smack, huge change in how many hours they were seeing. Glenn is someone who is a workhorse, had a really, really solid client base. And then when COVID hit, uh, if you don't know what I'm saying, there was a bunch of people that just weren't calling you back. Oh yeah. And hours were down really, really, really low. Glenn has raised his hours in the last three and a half months by 300%, honestly, um, and from two things. One, the vehicle of what Strata has as automated marketing that's doing its own thing, half with how hard Glenn is working, communicating, advertising, learning new marketing skills. So we have this ecosystem of the Strata marketing that's doing its own thing on top of the active efforts of Glenn, which has now brought his rates up, has brought his hours up and brought 300% more clients than three and a half months ago which I think is really cool because that's a combination of two things, money later skills that Glenn has worked on to developing sales and the marketing efforts um, of this business, which is super cool. And Glenn's marketing efforts. Now to be open, Glenn is not like a new trainer, but what he did, and I think we've talked about it on the show, he relocated from a couple locations to here consolidating like a hundred percent, which is a huge shift. And so all of that together, I mean, it's insanely powerful and you're crushing it, man. Like it's absolutely amazing um, because it openly, and I, this happened before at the 2020 and then now fastest growth here out of anyone that's ever joined the team. Thank you. May I say something about that? You may say something. I think that a lot, uh, and we see this in the FPM program and I know, I think most people have probably experienced that at some point, which is just the frustrations with not being as full as you want to be. I think that's probably the number one, if not the number one frustration among exercise professionals, just not being as busy as you want to be. And growing your business and marketing, uh, your career in general is a lot like a bamboo plant where you got to plant that seed and you got to water it for a couple of years And then it's almost like overnight it shoots up. And I have to remind myself of that because I have been doing this for 11 years. I know Brandon's been doing it for for far longer and it takes time. And all the effort that you put in today, all the watering you do of that proverbial plant called your business and your career, it's working for you. It's working behind the scenes. You're growing. Your message is getting out there. You've got to keep going and take time. The worst thing you could do is be like the gold miner where they go to where the gold rush is and they're digging away and they are feet away from hitting pay dirt, but then they give up. They give up and they say, this isn't working. 
and they just take off versus reevaluating the situation and what's going on and be like, you know what? I am on the right track. And I've been doing that a lot lately and it's been paying off. So I'm happy. And I appreciate you saying that, Brandon. Crushing it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm 16 years in December. Ah, it's, bana it's bananas. Yeah, started when I was 18. I remember that I was doing a co-op. I was 17 years old and the gym wanted to hire me as a trainer and they had to wait till I was 18. And then they hired me at 18. So every time it's my birthday, I know. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, you need, right? We've got two more of these we're going to smash through, and then we got some picks of the week, and I'll give you a hint what my pick of the week is. Anyway, um, you need multiple products to continue to sell people and upsell people. And this is actually like my biggest pet peeve because the number of people I know who have opened studios and they hire a trainer massage therapist, an osteopath, they hire a running coach, they have a group exercise instructor, they got a yoga instructor, and they've got this hodgepodge of all these different services in a relatively small business, and none of which are truly profitable. Why? Why? The, why be, you're asking me why? Yeah, why? Because the market, you, how do you market all these different things? It'd be like if you go to a restaurant and they say, we've got the best Chinese food. We've got the best Italian food. We have the best Moroccan food. We have the best Swedish food. We have the best German food. We have the best food of all, the, all, all time. You say to yourself, uh, how can you have the best of all these different things? Because the, your brain knows that if you really want to be masterful in one area, you have to spend a lifetime to do that, right? I Dream of Sushi, I think, is a documentary focusing on like a guy named Hiro who owns like the a little sushi shop in Japan. And it's a documentary all about him because he's widely known as the best sushi maker in the entire world. Because all he does is learn how to make the world's best sushi. And he his, his shop only holds like 10 people at a time. And the reason they made documentary about him, the reason why he's so famous is because he does one thing and one thing well makes sushi really, really well. So when you've got a business and you're offering all these different products, people have no idea what it is that you do really, really well. Your marketing message is so watered down. That's why it's important to have, what do we always say? One product and one message. And that's how you market. It doesn't mean you can't offer people once they're through the doors some of the things that might help them along the way, but one product, one message. One service. It's what we do. I think a really simple and easy example is if I said, hey, there are two computers you can buy. This one is $1,000. This one is $15,000. Which one do you want? Right at the very surface layer of considering it as just a computer commodity, you're instantly, in my opinion, probably going to choose the $1,000 computer because the $1,000 computer is the affordable one, the commodity competitor, the one that is for generalists and for just general use. Now, if you're a professional videographer or photographer and you require very specific, right, you need 64 gigs of RAM and you need all of these other high-level features with specific graphic cards and you need that $15,000 Super Pro Mac, whatever it might be, that $15,000 might actually be a budget for you. Now, if you think about that, there are not that many people who are buying $15,000 computers. There are a lot of people who are buying $1,000 computers. That $15,000 computer serves a very specific market and niche. And when people are ready for that product and realize how powerful it is for their needs, they're going to purchase that $15,000 computer over the $1,000 one. I would prefer to be the $15,000 computer working as hard as I can, making more for my time because I value my time and ultimately go from there and see my business grow than be competing for $60 an hour, which is what ends up happening when you're in com 
commodity competitive land. So yeah, and that's really cool. Yeah, you just offer. Just, oh, I can't say it. I can't say it enough because we see this all the time with pretty much everybody that walks through the doors, which is they have multiple services, uh, and they all do. They're all trying to get people towards the same place. They're all trying to get people towards the same place. So why not focus on the place that your ideal client wants to go? Have that be the focal point of your messaging and your marketing. And once you're through the doors and you have that conversation with them and you know them better, then direct them to the thing that you think is going to help them the best. I mean, I, I can't tell you. That's like literally probably the easiest thing. If you could take anything away from this podcast, it's a really quick, easy thing you can do to start marketing. Consolidate your marketing into one message. Get people through the doors and then talk about all the co other cool stuff that you do. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely it. You need one system, get people in, and then once they buy your stuff, like the once they're invested, then you go, hey, listen, this is the best route for you. Yeah. Final destination, LTV. That's it. Hey, if it worked for her, it must work for me. Yeah, sure. Why not? No. Wrong. Wrong. So listen, this is a big myth, and this is a really popular one, because the tough thing is that as you start learning more about marketing, you'll start catching trends that other people are doing. You'll look over at someone's Instagram, someone's website, and you go, ah, they did this. I will just repurpose what they did and go for it. Each of us are unique. Custom fit exercise. Thank you, Tom Purvis. Why would you dispense the exact same chest press from one client to another? Well, you know their anatomy, their goals are very different. Your business is exactly the same. We need a custom fit business plan, a custom fit marketing plan. I'm going to say this because I think this is something that you and I both discussed that came up in our um, mentorship uh, internal audit call we do. We have a, you know what, we have a, we, every week we, Brandon, me, Taylor, the FPM team, we talk about what's working, what's not working because we want to deliver the best product for you. And one of the things that came up recently was people are trying to be Brandon or they're trying to be Glenn or they're trying to be Taylor when they create content, when they try to do things. And that's just another way of saying, oh, it worked for them, so it's going to work for me. It's not about that. It's about understanding the tools and how they fit together so you can customize it and make it your own. Brandon is very, very, uh, is, is an, first of all, I, don't, I can't say enough great things about Brandon. You see Brandon on the floor and it's like he's always educating. His clients have a great time with him. Like he gets it done. They're, they're over the moon. That's great. If I try to be Brandon and do everything that he does, I'm going to fail. And quite frankly, Brandon and I had to talk about this. That's what I was doing. I was trying to be Brandon way too much. And while Brandon and I don't have the same personalities and we have a lot of the same overlap, I'm just not him. And so one of the things that my clients like about me, and I can still charge a high price point, is like I'm a little bit more lighthearted off the bat. I do like to have a good time with my clients. I'm, I'm okay being, and this is, my, this is again, this is a me thing. This is not a Brandon or anyone else thing. I'm not comparing right now. I'm just talking about me versus other people. I like opening up and being a little bit more of myself when I'm with people. And that, that, that works for me. And that's great. I had a client and her son come in. They wanted to do personal training last week. And um, I, I knew that the son was um, a little bit concerned about his weight. And, and I could see it in the way he was talking, the way he was delivering, uh, you know, what he wanted to get to training. And it made me choke up a little bit. I got a little bit teary inside the consultation because I remember being his age and getting picked on and what that was like because I was a certain body weight. And that came out in the meeting. And I was just, even now, like it chokes me up a little bit. Now, that might not be the way other professionals act. They might not even be phased by that or they might be like uber professional and just 
just continue nodding along, be like, okay, I can help you with that or whatever. But for me, I could relate a little bit more. And I told the kid my story about how I remember being in his shoes and what that was like for me and how I found this thing called the exercise. And while it wasn't overnight, it helped me become more confident and change the way I felt about myself. And that was great for me in that scenario with that client. And so here's really what I'm getting at again is we've got all these great marketing tools that we share with people. We've got different things that can help you from a sales perspective and communication that can help you with people. But it's up to you to make them your own. What worked for Brandon won't necessarily work for me. What works for me is not going to work for Brandon. What's going to work for us might not necessarily work for you. What's going to work for Chris, like we talked about, might not work for Taylor, another trainer here. And that's okay. Part of this is really as, 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 as woo-woo or spiritual or whatever you want to call it, however that sounds, a lot of this is what's going to work for me and how do I make use of these tools to help me grow my business in a way that I love it. And that's the way I do things and so it worked for me and I think that's beautiful. And so anyways, got a little too into the weeds there, everyone. What worked for someone else isn't necessarily going to work for you. Learn the tools, make them your own, watch your business grow. And there's one other fun thing about this with Glenn that, and not like that as Glenn was saying, and it's over time, we talk about the CEO avatar. So you can work on defining what personal and professional characteristics you want to come through in your time, right? What I do, what Glenn does, what Chris does, what Taylor does, what everyone, and these are just the people that we see on a daily basis, Eric, Anna, over time, you're going to identify how you go about doing your sessions and how it works. If you have a great time with clients, if you are overly mechanical and overly precise, you might have a great sale, great sales at the beginning, but the lifetime value of your clients, that's going to start to show. And so this is where tracking is so important because when you come back to the CEO avatar side of things, and this has not happened with Glenn, but someone may say something like, you know what? I love wearing tank tops when I'm working with my clients and it hasn't inhibited my business whatsoever. Okay. No problem. You do a great job. You got great arms. Fantastic. But say you start assessing when people drop off and you find that every nine to 10 months, you have a big drop off with a client. Most clients start to leave around that point. Is it a part of your system? Are you doing reassessments? Do you have the placeholder choking puppy thing we've talked about? Is it the professionalism? Is it the tank top thing? And the real question is, are you assessing that or are you trying different things? Because not only does it come down to marketing, it also comes down to the lifetime value and how you work on who you are and how you dispense that information. So I would say that I found something that works for me. Thanks for all the kind words. Chris has found something that's worked for him. Glenn's found something that's worked for him. But at the same time, we're all open to learning more so we can continue to grow. So everyone, that was marketing myths. How was that? I loved it. That was one of my favorite ones we've done so far. And I think I say that all the time because the podcast grows, but I really enjoy doing this one. I really like doing myth ones. I think we're going to do logical fallacies and biases sometime in the future, which is like errors in the ways you think about things, which is huge when it comes to marketing, I think, because there's so many different ways we trick ourselves into doing the wrong stuff and wasting time. Yep. So look, look to that one coming up in the future. Awesome, everyone. And please, if you watch this, once you get to this point, please comment replay because we'd love to give you a bit of a shout out. And if you have any questions about marketing or marketing myths, uh, please let us know. But this is one of our favorite segments because we'd love to put a little bit of a personal specific where we are in our world and what's working for us right now. We're going to talk about our picks of the week. So Glenn, uh, what are you picking this week? What's your pick? Don't pick mine. Okay, I won't pick yours. My pick is lighting. Giant lights that look like the sun. No, I'm kidding. Um, my pick this week is actually a piece of technology which I've had for almost five years now. 
and it's been the same one. I haven't had to update it at all, and it has made a huge difference in my life in so many different ways, and that is my Kindle ebook reader. Uh, I'm a big reader. Uh, I love reading. I'm a, I'm a big fan, especially fiction novels. They put me to sleep every night. I go to bed, and I fall asleep within minutes after I put my book down because it soothes me. I love the Kindle reader for a couple different reasons. One, I can take with me wherever I go on vacation, uh, around the house. It's got all my books on there. I probably have like 250 on there right now. I can read it wherever I want to. I also can download the Kindle app to my phone or my computer. So I'm quite frequently reading material on my uh, Kindle. And then when I go to use it, for example, I was reading Jim Edwards' book, um, uh, Copywriting Secrets. I would read it. I was like, oh, I love this. I went to my laptop, opened it up, opened up the Kindle, copy and pasted it and made some notes that I could review later. So I love the functionality of it. One of my favorite parts of it, though, is that it has a, I guess they call it a paperweight feature, which is that the light that emits from it isn't that same kind of blue light that you would have emitting from a screen. Um, it actually cuts out a lot of that blue light. So if I want to read before bed, it's not going to keep me up uh, late at nighttime. It doesn't have this huge glow. So that means when I'm sleeping beside my partner, she can get to sleep without this incessant glow and also it doesn't affect my ability to get to sleep. I love the Kindle Reader. You can send PDFs to it and text documents. You can send full web pages to it if you want to. It's a great tool just to have all your reading material in one spot so you can take it on the go whenever you want. They're only like 150 bucks, uh, which is an absolute steal to read whenever you want. The only downside is if you want to read a book on there, um, you might have to get it off Amazon or Kindle and you don't get to have the paper um, in-person book copy of that and flip through pages, which is fine. I like the swipe anyways. But anyways, my pick of the week, I love to death the Kindle. High recommend it for people who love to read. So my pick of the week is the Godox SL60W Professional Light. And so one of the big things, which is this right here, this light right here, it's pretty big. But one thing that I'm constantly trying to do up here is I'm trying to increase our studio quality. So for when we're doing our podcast and frankly, when we're doing the mentorship recordings and I'm going to be moving all the interview stuff I do to over here real soon, I want to look as clean and as professional as possible. And as you can see, if you look at last week's video to today's video, so September 21st to September 28th, if you go back in the mentorship guides or the fitness pro mentors guides, I mean, you can see the difference between this light and the light we were using before. So this light is the least expensive professional light. It is color match to match sunlight coming through a window. So it looks really natural and really clean. And it just is fantastic. So I'm super excited about it. Um, it's a $200 light and then you can get whatever fixture you want to go on it. Definitely not inexpensive, but if you're doing a lot of video production and you're looking to really stand out and have that look super clean, Godox SL60W. So big, big fan. All right, everyone. That was one episode. Great episode. Cool. Everybody, uh, hope you have a great, wonderful week. And a friendly reminder to be yourself, enjoy yourself, but also grow into the CEO version of yourself as well. I love that. I love that you said that today, Brandon. Have a good day, everybody. Marketing Mix, everyone. Talk to you soon. Ciao.